that's why I think it was really good for me to just maintain myself at the second AC row and not try to run before I knew how to walk. Yeah, yeah. Because there's just so much that goes on into what a first AC does and is that people don't realize it that until you're in the hot seat. Hey guys, I just want to welcome you to our new podcast, the Camera Department Podcast. My name is John Yambas and I'm a focus puller from Miami, Florida. I'm here with my co-host Alex. Hey cool cats and kittens, how are we doing today? And we look forward to hearing stories from you guys from our industry. To get involved in the conversation, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. You can also join the conversation over at our Instagram, at the Camera Department Podcast. Link in the description. Good afternoon, people. Afternoon for us because it's we're recording this at two thirty in the afternoon. Well, basically, what John said, we wanted to just start something to share within the camera department here, especially in Miami, Florida, and hopefully um, get some input from other people as the audience tunes in and lets them know what they think. It's funny. I was just telling John that we started talking about this about four months ago, maybe a little longer than yeah, that. Three actually, three or four months ago. Yeah. And at first, when he told me about the idea of, of starting a podcast like dude no ain't nobody gonna listen to us and i don't know as i started thinking about what um what our experiences are on set i was like you know what let's just give it a shot and he, four months later here we are <laughs> yeah and it's funny how we're we're doing this four months later after we spoke about it and uh currently right now it's april and uh the whole world's in quarantine so it's it's weird we're we're literally sitting six feet away from each other because uh you know that's the the recommended distance so um it's just funny how we just started this now um i guess it's better late than never that is true and and to bring up our sponsors which we want to thank our sponsors for giving the opportunity and providing all the gear john can share more information about our lead sponsors yeah our sponsors is uh filmfiltertags.com uh you guys can check out their website order your your tags for your map boxes, for your Pelican cases, um, for all your gear. Uh, check them out. It's www.filmfiltertags.com. Thank you. There you have it. So, John, let's just just dive right into it because, I mean, we're not professionals. We don't claim to be anything that we're not. Yeah. But we are focus pullers. Tell me how you got into this business. So, I got into this business... Um, I guess I started doing uh, videos at my church and I just fell in love with uh, creating content and um, so I decided to go to film school. This was maybe 2002 or so, um, decided to go to film school, went to film school, um, didn't really know what I wanted to do in the industry. I did, um, I thought I wanted to be a director, um, first directing class, that first class ended that. so. I chose to, you know, look at more of the technical side of the industry. Um, so I fell in love with, with cameras and different things. At that time, there was no uh, red cameras. Uh, there were more Sony DVX cameras. That's what was around. So that was that was it. And then I little by little got into, you know, got on set and, um, and started in the camera department. And uh, didn't really pull focus at the beginning. Uh, didn't know what a focus puller was. You still don't. Uh, I see it. Probably not. <laughs> um, but we, uh, I, you know, kept pushing the DP that I was working with um, to let me pull focus and to let me be more hands on. And you know, I bought myself a Red Rock uh, micro <laughs> <laughs> uh, wireless, you know, um, unit, and you know, probably the biggest um, disaster I ever, of gear that I ever owned. But. Uh, you know that's how I got started, and you know little by little got on you know DSLR shoots, and then uh, that same DP that I was working with uh, bought a red camera, a Scarlet when it uh, when it first came out, and since then I've been you know perfecting my craft if you want to say so. I am um, so fancy. <laughs> so yeah, so just started pulling more focus, started buying more gear. Um, you know, monitors, you know, wireless follow focus, wireless video, all that stuff uh, that we use. And and here I am today starting a podcast. So, Alex, how 
how was your how's your experience when you started in the industry what was your how did you get into this you know how they say that some people are born with a gift okay yeah that wasn't me (laughs) (laughs) that's what i thought but okay (laughs) for me honestly it's been quite a journey um my dad uh retired now but he used to be a teamster back in the 90s and even to today but he's retired like i said and he would always not always but he would take me to set from time to time and teamsters are teamsters teamsters basically is a union for transportation they could be in any um department it could be camera it could be grip and lighting most likely it's grip and lighting but also even art department on those big movie sets they have bigger budgets so they require more builds bigger builds and they require more transportation from back and forth yeah. or it could even be um, trans- um transporting actors and extras and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah you know they have their own union which is great by the way but anyways he would take me to set and one of the things i guess that's where it all started my love for crafty <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay I, I believe you on that one because i you know when we work together i see you at crafty all the time so yeah i i as a kid i would see that but most thing that would interest me would be the food and yeah. the camera. Yeah, you, you know? can't you can't beat free food. Yeah, you can't beat it. And you're getting paid. So <laughs> there you go. And when and when there's a wrap, most likely there's stuff to take with you. <laughs> I've never taken anything home with me, but I, I'm pretty sure you have. Oh, all yeah. the time. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. waste. Why let it go to waste? Sure. Sure. And that's pretty much where I start my my appreciation for being on set and 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 um my curiousness started. And as time went by, uh, I started to look more into behind-the-scenes stuff. We watched a movie, and there's always a behind-the-scenes feature with it. And that's when I, I started to enjoy the process of filmmaking. Okay. To me, that's what always grabbed my attention. Not commercial, not music video world, but it was always the making of it. And uh, moving forward, I started to need to, I needed to go to college. And I didn't want to play sports anymore. I didn't want to run track. I didn't want to play football. I was done with all that you, stuff. Hold on. You were running track? I would run track. Okay. Don't let, don't, do not let this we'll frame let the, fool We'll you. let the fans judge that <laughs> later on. Don't worry. <laughs> I would run right now, but you see the way that I've been quarantined and the way I'm yeah, eating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, ten, more than 10 yards, I can't. And moving forward, I just went to school, and I went to school for broadcast. Okay. But once I went there, I started to explore the campus a little bit more, and... I decided to go a different route. I actually decided to go towards visual effects and motion graphics because what really caught my attention was um, sound design, adding visual elements to an edit. Okay. And I I figured, you know, I've done TV for so long because I come from a background of broadcast and production in shows and concerts and stuff and even conferences. Yeah, yeah, the live stuff. The live stuff. It was cool, but once you add uh, the elements of rehearsal green screens wire um um, pyrotechnics all that stuff i was like you know what it'll be cool to learn how to do all that stuff but in post okay so that's how i kept going at it and i met the right people along the way as i was going to school i saw i still would work some broadcast jobs and production jobs and that's pretty much how it started when um they're like hey look we need somebody to come in and ac for us second ac and i was like i have no idea what that is but I'm definitely curious. Okay. So you took a little bit more of the traditional route to becoming a, a first AC. Correct. Yeah. So on my first set, which was a short film, I remember my first day on set. It was January of 2010. And we were on set. Sure, it wasn't 2019. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> and just on, sure. on January 2010, I remember we were on set for more than 15 hours. Wow, on your first day. On my first day, and every single second of it, I and loved it. And you stayed? And I stayed. Oh. I was working for free, too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it was a short film that went on for, like, I want to say, like, two weeks, but they brought me in towards the end, and I was there for, like, four days, and those four days were just awesome. And that's when I knew, like, I want to keep doing this. I want to. I was willing to walk away from the studios, walk away from the, you know, the rooms, edit bays, and stuff like that. I was like, this is what I want to do. 
and then to... and then spend all your money on gear on, on gear on little <laughs> little screws and and filter tags yeah, and filter cases tags. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about 10 years ago and i really enjoyed being on that um short film and that short film opened doors to many different avenues which led to music videos commercial some features here and there and also episodic which is just they're each their own different world but they all relate to one another when it comes yeah. to camera yeah. yeah definitely you can go into any any music video any short film feature film documentary anything and you can cameras camera departments always the same it's always the same process yeah. so for the last 10 years i've been part of the camera department i would like to i would say maybe five years five six years i was a second ac Okay. And then the last four, I went full full fledged first AC. Oh, so how was the transition from second AC to first AC? Because me as my, myself, I never, I didn't start as a second AC. I've done maybe you know, ten to twenty second AC uh, gigs. Um, you know, and I'll do it here and there because obviously I know it now because you know, but I didn't go through that process. So what what was your process with coming up? to the first AC it was good and it was bad and the reason I say bad because here in Miami there's things that we have um, we have like a, a Hispanic market and an American market yeah it's sad but it's true no no you know? it's absolutely in a Hispanic market many things are very disorganized and they're like fr um, free flow so by saying that is I picked up bad habits while I was still learning to become a second AC and I was still learning what a first AC was, I was still picking up bad habits. Yeah. Simple as, oh, go grab that cable over there and, and, and bring it to me. Just I went and grabbed it, but guess what? I don't know whose it was, I don't know if anybody was using it. Yeah. I just know that my first needed it and I went to go get it, you know? And then also learning- So uh, you didn't train with another second AC? No. As a camera PA? No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, when I started, I was doing a lot of um, commercials. Music video was a rare thing for me yeah. <laughs> until what two years ago, as I jumped while I was becoming more first first. I, I did a lot of music videos, but coming up with a lot of commercials, and that's when I realized. I mean, there's more money in commercials than anything else, to be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I did learn. I did learn a lot, and I'm thankful for starting off with that AC. To this day, I'm good friends with. Um, but once I started to work more in an American market, start start. I started going towards a union route. I noticed the difference where everything was organized, everything had a place, everything had a home, every department had a lead, and every everything had a, there was a rule of thumb, a, a rule, uh, a, a guideline, you know, where you didn't overstep, where you didn't, oh, that's not my department, I can't touch that. Yeah. I got to ask for permission to use it, you know, coming from a world of the Hispanic world where free flow, if it's available, take it, you know, little bad habits like that. So. I had to I realized quickly I had to relearn certain stuff yeah, yeah. you know the names for the proper gear <laughs> <laughs> names is it's probably one of one of my hardest things just because there's so many names and so many little things that yeah yeah that's why I think it was really good for me to just maintain myself at the second AC role and not try to run before I knew how to walk yeah yeah. Because there's just so much that goes on into what a first AC does and is that people don't realize it that until you're in the hot seat. Yeah. You know, it could be from negotiation um, your rates, no penalties, you know, overtime, but also gear rentals and gear that you have and all this other um, logistics that you don't know because you're never faced with. You think just because many times people see people see the first AC holding a little device and pulling focus and, and sitting down and sitting down and sitting down and that's all they do yeah. but in reality it's not true the thing is they're they're able to sit down because they know exactly how to handle storms yeah yeah and they have um, hopefully you have a team behind you like a second Agreed. AC yeah. and a camera PA that you know takes care of a lot of know, different a lot things. of different things so you can make sure that cameras always in focus so that people understand, I mean, we are talking about the camera department and we're heavily focused on what the roles are of an AC. So AC stands for camera assistant. In particular, the first AC was also the first camera assistant and the focus puller. He is the person that's in charge 
and oversees the camera department. But the camera lead, the camera department head is the, the, the DP. Correct. So for our viewers out there, our viewers, our, our audience, our, our, our listeners, listeners <laughs> out there, so they can understand, you know, what's going on and what we're talking about AC. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Um, when I my first day on set, um, I was kind of I was kind of camera PA and I kind of, you know, was thrown into the position because I wanted to be in camera department. So, you know, um, the DP that I work with now, Randy Valdez, he. It was his project. He was actually the. That guy has nice hair, by the way. He does have great hair. Yeah. I mean, great, great, great. Uh, yeah, let's just leave it there. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Just leave it there. Just you leave sure? It there. Okay. Um, and then uh, he's a DP that I work for now. But at the time, he was he was gaffing, and um, so it was a big project that he had, and he had, um, you know, his DP there, and he was shooting. So I kind of jumped in, and then I was also doing uh, some grip work. I was a camera PA doing, you know, grip work even more that I didn't even know. And um, I didn't have tools. I didn't have anything. And I remember asking uh, one of the one of the grips, "Hey, can I borrow your tool?" And he was like, "No. Like, that's, <laughs> this is mine. This is what I do my job with." I was like, after that day, I was like, "Holy shit! I gotta buy every every gear I see ever on anybody. I have to make sure that I have it. So if I ever need it, you know, it's there." And you know, that was kind of my first day on that. And then you know, obviously, I continued loving it, not the grip part, but. <laughs> But just true to be honest, because the first time I was on that um, film, they were filming off doing some stuff, and I was there. I had nothing to do, so uh, one of the PAs or the art department guy, his name is Gogo. He still goes by that name ten years later. Gogo, <laughs> Gogo. Okay. <laughs> he goes, "Hey, come with me, dude. Help me out with some stuff." And he took me to his apartment where they were filming, and basically they just trashed the apartment on purpose because it was a party you know he was hungover and blah 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 but they when i say they trashed they really did was trash it a the student place. film it was no it was a uh, no it was not a student film. no it was it had a budget they had a budget they yeah, had a budget yeah, yeah. to trash a house yes yeah so he basically asked me hey just you know help me out clean the place and everything this and that so i was there by myself i ended up cleaning the entire house and i was like yeah this is cool that i'm here and everything but yeah i want to do something else yeah. You know, and while I was coming up in the camera world, I, I still explored other departments, but it just kept coming towards back to camera. And I realized that, like, yeah, this is not my thing. I don't clean my room. I'm not going to go clean somebody else's house. <laughs> Why don't I got to clean somebody else's house? Like, this Even is, if I get paid for it, it's just, no, it's just no. not my thing. You yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah, I no, think no. it's once you find your place, you find home. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it, it, we all get paid. To do what we do. But it's great when you find something you get to do and you love it and you're getting paid. Yeah. You know, grip and lighting, cool, not my thing. Did I try it out? Yes. Did I fail? Oh, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, sound department, makeup. Well, I didn't try makeup, but it's always been interesting. But I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to. Sh- are you sure? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, can, you know. we can call some people. And it's just one of those things where that's why I'm like, the first time I was on set, we went so long and I didn't mind. Yeah. Not getting paid long hours, but guess what? I was fed. We were doing some interesting things. We did some practical effect. We did some chase scenes. I was like, I was right in the action. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, and then coming from a, a world of broadcast and production, show production, none of that happens. Everything is scheduled, rehearsed, and it's just a lot of talking heads. Yeah. Concerts here yeah. and there is nice, but same thing over and over. But going to a set even if it's a music video commercial or feature or short film or whatever it's always different yeah yeah things change every single set yes but in a world where there's broadcasts and concerts and talking heads anywhere you go in the world it's the same exact thing it doesn't change only the people and it's not exciting it's not fun it's good money but oh eh, yeah how many shots can you on a live concert can you creatively create not a lot. Not a lot. So it's yeah, I totally agree. I, I did I did operate a lot on concerts and live shows. Uh never really did the talking heads thing, but a lot a lot of live concerts and it just wasn't for me. It was a lot of setup and not you know, nothing very creative. So yeah, that's yeah. where we are, you yeah. know. So we I've been in the business for ten years. I came up as a second AC now first and 
<laughs> I got this focus on my yeah, phone. My yeah, bad, yeah, my yeah. bad. Stop looking at your phone. <laughs> Which on set you should never do, by the way. Yeah. But everyone does. Everyone does, especially yeah. if your name is Danny. So yeah, so um, tell me a little bit about um, maybe one of your uh, one of the topics we kind of want to cover on this podcast is um, uh, horror stories on set. Oof. You know, uh, different. You don't have to name names. We don't, we're not gonna name names. We're not gonna. Uh, put people on blast where you know we want to hear stories of you know situations that have happened on set that you feel um, shouldn't happen in a in a in a production or or to or to humans because I think I, we've been in we've been in spots where um, you know us as humans forget about our industry us as humans shouldn't be in this situation so uh, what 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 comes to mind when you when you think of a, a horror story on set. Uh, man, that's a good question. Well, I could start off with, um, uh, it was actually a production that, uh, me and Alex worked on. Uh, it was two cameras. He was, uh, he was the first AC for a B camera. I was a camera. Um, and this whole production, uh, we were actually talking about it before we started recording. Um, the whole production was, it was a low budget. Um, we're not sure what it was. If it was a Netflix TV show or a <laughs> to, movie, to this day, we still yeah, don't we don't know. know. What it is. We don't know where we're gonna see it. We know there's a poster. We know we have credit on IMDb, but <laughs> uh, we have no idea where this will be shown. It could be on the internet. Um, um, but we worked on this project, and we would our call times usually were about seven a.m. You know, which is an, a, a normal call time for us. Um, and we would get on set. Um, I myself, you know, used to be very, you know, nervous, making sure that I brought everything. And, you know, you, you know, ACs don't sleep the night before because we make sure that everything is, you know, correct. Um, so I get on set and I'm like, man, you know, we're probably going to start shooting right away. I'm probably going to have an hour to, you know, finish, you know, setting up whatever I didn't get done. And seven o'clock came, got there, had breakfast. Um, and we, you know, we had everything ready. We were ready to go. Um, and we just kept looking at our watches and, um, it was eight o'clock and, and it was nine o'clock and then 10, 11 and 12. And we still hadn't shot our first frame. And we're like, man, we're, you know, we're burning, burning money, burning everything, you know? Um, and we just, we would, we, I mean, this, this was, uh, uh, an event that happened every single day no matter what location we were if we were at that location the day before it didn't matter uh, even if everything was left set up we would still arrive to set at 7 a.m. and we would not take the first shot till around noon and then we would shoot for about an hour and then they would go late on lunch you know because they they want to try to catch up and you know that's one of the stories that to be honest, we laugh about all the time because we can't believe how, you know, they could have shot like seven feature films with the time that they had, you know, us sitting around doing nothing, you know. And it's not that bad, but I'm sure we can can think of others. I mean, there's horror stories on set could happen in many different ways. Yeah. You know, why what, what one person might not consider horror, other per, another person would. For instance, one thing that I have encountered in the last few jobs is when production doesn't want to pay for a kit rental or even a second AC. They're like, what, what does it matter? You know, it does matter. Yeah, it does. You know, um, for instance, if I was doing this, I remember I did this job for, a, it was a cruise job, and I was promised hands, you know, at least two hands, two PAs, two something, so I could build the jib. And on a cruise, all our stuff was this was one of those horrible jobs where it's like the jib was disassembled in its proper case and one on level level 12 but i had to go to level 20 go across i-95 which what they call on the cruise um floor two and then go all the way back up i had to make like six trips for that to happen and I bring that up with one of our horror stories because I was promised hands, and then yeah. at the time of um, building the jib, I had no, I had no hands. So what should it took in about a two-hour process ended up taking me more than five, because I was by myself. You know, a jib is a a, a, a crane, 
in this instance it was a 30 foot crane and I had to take several chips but I also had to take the weights with me yeah how many cases did you have for that 30 foot chip um I had I think it was like four pelican 1650s and four of those tubes I don't really know what they are but they're pretty big tubes yeah. but then you got to add all the weights that I had which was over I want to say about five six hundred pounds you know, a couple 50-pounders, 25-pounders, 10-pounders. And, you know, going down one floor, going across the other floor, coming back up. And on boats, you know, every so, like every 100 feet or so, you have those, um, there's like an overstep. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Know? So to, even if I was rolling them in carts, I had to push, lift one cart, pull it, go over, same thing with the weight. Until we get until we got to the front of the ship, but on front of the ship you had to go over double doors and everything, and then go up another flight of stairs. I'm talking about it was a lot of yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, it's a couple mile. Yes, couple and mile it's like mile. I was by myself. I was like, whatever. I had I kept a good attitude. Whatever. I'll, I'll find a way to build it by myself, which I did. Ended up building it by myself. But the time came when everyone was coming up. Over four hundred people came to the deck, and I was like, crap. I still have to run my electronics. Wow. And they're like, you know what? We're not gonna we're we're not gonna we're not gonna need you to operate from here. We need to you to operate on the other side. I was like, dude, why would you know? And this is already after you had built the, the building and everything. Yeah, you know. Wow. So it's like, crap. I have no one to help me because no one knows how to properly push a, a jib. I'm like, dang, yeah. girl. So I do. I what I had to do. I had to suck it up. So I would. I and this started, is a cruise job. You're already on the ocean, or there's a cruise job. We're on, we're on actually dock. we're docked in the Bahamas. Okay, you know, and we pretty much had to move everything from one side of the ship to the, literally the other side, and in that scuffle of moving things around and making sure no one gets hit with the jib, and people start to help, but in the process of people helping, things got misplaced yeah. and moved around. Yeah, so we, I have an order, just like in the, in the AC world, there's an order of how you should, you know. Set your cases when you're wrapping and stuff. So when you're done, you put things back away. Same thing with the jib world. Everything has a home. Everything is, has a structure of where things go. Okay. And that structure was just thrown out the window as soon as people started grabbing stuff and moving. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and they're being pressured. How much longer? How much longer? Which is one of those things. Is like, I don't want to tell you ten minutes, but I'm not gonna tell you an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know it's gonna take me an hour, but <laughs> I know you're gonna want it in ten minutes. I know so, you're gonna yeah. want it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Long story short, things got moved around. I couldn't find the right cables. Everything got connected and disconnected and back and forth. And it's just like it happened in an instant where everything was supposed to go one way because I was promised one thing. It turned another way because they, were, they didn't have enough hands for production, so they couldn't give me anything. So I tried to take matters in my own hands and try to figure it out, but it was a complete failure, of course. And then to the point where um, I wasn't able to get the gym working properly, but I still got a shot off. Yeah. But then production gets involved and start talking about um, why I didn't have enough time and this and that. And I'm like, you promised me something and you didn't deliver. Yeah, yeah. You, I prom- you took a you took a three person job and, yeah. and gave it to one person. I I promised you shoot. I promised you a shot and you still got it. You know. But then they go to the logistics of this and that. Blah 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 blah. And it's just like you know what it was just a failed job. To one of those points, I was like, I never want to hear about another cruise job, you know. And it's like, so after that, you you did no more cruise. I jobs. have done no more cruise jobs mm-hmm. because I come to realize they're always understaffed and they're always gonna stiff you one way or another. But even on set, you know, I love working on set. I love having my things because I'm used to it. Yeah, you know, what a person might not consider a cart as an essential, I do. Yeah, this yeah. last job that I did on a, this lifetime feature that I did, you know, there wasn't a budget for a kit rental. But to some people, a kit rental means just um, extra money out of their pocket. But they don't realize the safety that um, that goes in hand with having a, a, a cart in, in your kit rental. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and batteries got broken. Batteries got lost. Um, oh, what else? Things went missing. But it's because we had, instead of having one location to properly secure everything, we had four or five different bags. Yeah, everything scattered around. Everything yeah. scattered around. So it's like, we're charging here. While we're shooting over there, but we can't be in the middle of coming back and forth, so we try to keep everything compact to one case. 
Yeah, yeah. Now let me ask you a question. Maybe this is a question we can also put on our Instagram and and uh, get our get our our listeners, whoever's listening right now, um, to to give us their feedback. Um, when you don't get a kit feet, um, do you still take your car and your you know your essential kit that you need, or will you kind of let let the production suffer? My train of thought would be let the production suffer, but this is what I've learned. By letting the production suffer, I suffer myself. Absolutely. This year, so this year, as a, as a coming up as a second AC, I also did data managing. You know, I think that goes hand in hand. Yeah. More yeah. in more in the beginning days for me than it is now. I I believe now it's two separate jobs. You know, especially if it's a if it's a crew of more than twenty people and you know you're gonna be going crazy. Yeah. You separate yeah. both jobs. But if it's a studio job, you know, talking head here and there, a crew of five people, the second AC could handle. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally yeah. agree, and I I'm sure a lot of DITs aren't gonna want to hear that. Um, but sometimes it's just it's not it's not really needed um, to have that extra body. Yeah. Um, you know, just to download a card or two. Um, exactly. Um, but in this particular case, for me, I remember twice this year. Um, I asked production for a kit rental. They they denied it. They gave me my full kit. I mean, sorry, they gave me my full rate, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. But they didn't give me, they didn't want to give me my, my kit rental. So I was like, you know what? Screw them. Let them provide for everything. But in one particular case, it was a still shoot slash commercial. And they provided, the producer provided laptop, cart, and everything else I needed. But I was left shorthanded because the, the laptop belonged to the DP. The cart was one of those Rubbermaid carts. Oh, yeah. So when we were going on the grass... Yeah, 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 and, and then didn't they, have the big wheels. No. <laughs> and there was no AC, there was no um, APC power, there was no, nothing. So I just had to scramble things by myself, whatever I had on set. Yeah, and the thing is, when you're using someone else's laptop, they're very particular. And this person, this DP, was very anal. You know, I would tell him, "Hey, look, it doesn't have this program. No, it doesn't have this program, but it has this one. For instance, yeah. it didn't have shot put. At least shot put. It didn't have. It had something called hedge." Okay. And while Hedge is not the worst program you could use because it's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah. I realized that that program I was dealing with two things. I was, um, I was doing the stills work and the data work. So I was getting camera footage from the red and from a uh, Canon 5D, the stills. Yeah. And with Hedge, there is no automated folder. You got to go in each time and tell it where you want it, and you got to call it whatever you want it. Oh wow. So in that process, yeah, yeah. believe it or not, I I ended up mixing up cards. And then the one that had to be working during lunch was me. Because I was like, let production suffer. But then I was the yeah, one that ended up suffering. Yeah, you end up suffering. So I think sometimes it's better just to bite the bullet. Or you know what? Don't accept the job. True, true. I, I believe, I, t- I totally agree with that. I, I, I'm, that's kind of why I've purchased my own gear. Um, because I know how to work with my gear. And, I, and you know, sometimes they don't want to provide it, but I know they need it. Um, and I know it's gonna make my life easier. I mean, my carts. I pretty much take my carts all the time because, if not, I'm lugging around, you know, cases. seven, eight cases. Yeah. You know, every time we gotta move a location. And so I decided one day I was like, you know what? I I'm not. I'm not it's it's more time out of my, you know, my personal time or my, you know, my energy that I don't feel, you know, is yeah, it's worth, you know, whatever the fifty or hundred or two hundred dollars that you get for a kit fee. Um, but if they're not gonna give it, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna destroy myself to to prove a point with them. Yeah. And I guess maybe we shouldn't even be saying this because we don't wanna, <laughs> we don't wanna give out secrets. <laughs> but but I think it's true because it's like, one, you want the job, you know. Yeah. You want it, and more often than not, believe it or not, you need it. Yeah. yeah. It's actually more want. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, and you realize like, okay, if this client keeps you busy, what's the difference of throwing in a cart? You know, but then there's some clients that are like, no, I want this, I need this, I need that. Why not? You can pay for it. No, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then w- one thing is that when you they tell you they don't have the money to pay you, but then they end up um, renting it from the rental house and they pay even more. Yeah. Or they tell you they don't have money for your kit, but yet they're popping bottles left and right. Or like, no, we need more girl actors. We need more girl actors checking their ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You or, know, they like, or they don't plan locations or they don't plan. And we go into know, overtime certain, yeah. and then meal penalties. Yeah. Which has a whole different subject in itself, but I realized in that job, I was like, you know what? 
never again am I going to accept a job where they do not give me my kit rental. Because I, I think it's also where you are in your in your career. In the beginning, 10 years ago, I couldn't say that. Yeah. Whereas like kit rental or bust, you know, I would take any job at every job. But now it's like, okay, you don't have my kit rental? Okay, fine. Yeah. And especially if they're not paying a full rate. Um, yes. I'm not sure how much this happens out in other states in, in the country, but I know here in Miami, since I live, since we live here, I see it all the time is, you know, everyone's always trying to, trying to, you know, pinch, you know, every penny out of you. And, you know, and if it's not a full rate, you know, it's like, you know, what do I really want to take this job? Yeah. Or, especially like here in Miami, here in Miami, we have beach jobs. Oh, beach jobs are, one of those, <laughs> if I don't get a full rate for it, I'm not doing it cause it's, yeah. it's, it's double the work uh, and then they don't want to give you a second or they want to give you a camera PA. They don't want to, you know. Um, where they got the last beach shop I did this year, I think it was this year or la- the end of last year, a friend producer called me like, "Hey, we have a job coming up and this and that. I need a data manager." I'm like, "No problem. Here I am." But I also need a second, and I'm like, "Yeah, I'll find someone else." But she's like, "Come on, just help me out. This and this and that. You know, this is one of my producer friends who does keep me busy." Yeah. And she told me, "Look, it's gonna be easy job, commercial, blah blah, all in house and whatever." I'm like, "Okay, no problem." And she goes, "Look, oh, we also we have a beach day." I was like, "No." She goes, come on, we're only going to be at the beach for two hours. Yeah. And like an idiot, I believed her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eight hours later, we were still at the beach. Mm-hmm. And I was running lenses up and down, trying to um, transfer cards from the moho. It was just one of those nightmares. That was another nightmare job, yeah. I would say. Any beach job is a nightmare yeah, job, absolutely. In, in, in my perspective. And the, the, the bad part about it is that they try to not tell you that there's going to be beach. Because they yeah. know. They know beach jobs are, are are double the work, and you know, and I've showed up many times on the the day of, which maybe it's my fault for not asking. Yeah. Um, hey, what what where, where's our location? You know, which um, that happens a lot, just because we're like, okay, fine, whatever, I'll be there. Because sometimes yeah. I get call times. Oh, call time is one p.m. tomorrow. Oh, okay, I, am I getting fed? Yeah. Okay, I'll be yeah. there earlier. <laughs> you know, and that just happens. I think we we've forgotten the rule of thumb of asking all those questions. You know, who's a DP? Uh, what cameras? What's how many? Not what location? How many locations? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's where we get mixed and lost, and just like ah, oh, whatever. Um, one thing, and going back a little bit about kit rentals, I did a job a few months ago for Spotify. Okay. And um, it was a mixed, it was a mixture of jobs. I don't even know. You know, um, the good thing is that I did a a feature like two years ago. And that DP recommended me, has recommended me for several jobs, which is great. Because you never know what you're going to get out of those little yeah, yeah, those absolutely. jobs. And from two years ago, he sent me at least already somewhere about eight to ten jobs. One of them being the Spotify job. And long story short, full rate, no problem. They didn't even argue. But once I brought my kit rental, they're like, no, 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 no. So what did I do? <laughs> I showed up to set with nothing but a multi-tool. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so the the producer and the director were like, I need tape for this and this. And I literally struck my, fo- my my shoulders. I'm like, oh, I don't have. <laughs> so it was four units of us. That was the first unit. So everyone else bought their stuff. Yeah. Except me. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not I'm not going to deal with, you know. And I would just get tape from everyone else, from the grips and lighting, because that's what the producer told me to do. Wow. How many days of this did you do? It was it was one day and one prep day. Okay. So that's why I was like, whatever. But if it would have been multiple days. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have been able to survive without my, my cart, my yeah. tapes. You know, all the little dip markers and different stuff that we need. And I was just like, man, take it as a lesson. Don't ever get a job without your kit, or don't bring your, or don't come without your kit. Because usually you just bring it in your car. But I changed my car, so I don't always keep my stuff in my car anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't keep my card in there because now I have an open top. Before I had a Jeep and I just stick everything in and it would just live in there. Yeah. But now I take it down and unless I'm getting paid to put it in my car, I am not taking it to set. But it's also because now I feel I've grown over the years to know what I bring to the table, to know my worth, to know that, hey, todo cuesta. Because you know what the problem is that when something breaks, they're like, oh, well, we didn't tell you to bring it. Exactly. Exactly. So wait, I just brought all my stuff, and yet because something broke, that's fifty bucks is not your responsibility. You're gonna yeah, be makes like, you not want to do anything for 
for yeah. these producers. And that's and that's tough because that's what we're there for is to make their job easier. And mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes the questions I don't like, so what's in your kit? And you're like, bro, I could give you the, the, the like the summarize the, the main things, you know, yeah. which what? Your focus monitor, your cart, maybe your follow focus, you know, your expandables. But then all those little knickknacks that they don't know about, you know, the the the, the adapters, the frogs, the go the the, yeah. the, the arms, a screw, those, uh, yeah, yeah sliding plates, um, different kinds of tape that not are just your paper tapes and your um, gaff tape. There's other tape we use for different marking, different stuff, chalk. Um, yeah, a, a, a slate. You know how many times I've gone on 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 set and they're like, uh, "Do you have a slate?" Uh, I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> they asked me a job. It was funny. They asked me, hey, we need a slate, bro. I'm like, yeah, I have one. And the, guy, the, the DP was like, um, how much more? Like, how much would you charge us for it? I'm like, dude, it's part of my kit. Yeah, it's pay me my kit. <laughs> yeah, they pay me my kit. I'm like, yeah. dude, whatever is there. Yeah. And yeah. once, but um, talking about side etiquette, and I think that's also, uh, what's going on because you were talking about how when you started in the business, and I think the same thing for me. Uh, it's been a lot easier for me to start in this business to start in the business because we went digital. I think because of Red coming along and being a digital format camera, it gave us the opportunity to be able to jump on. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's made it. It's it's a lot. I don't want to say easier, but it's a lot. Uh, it's 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 easier to learn and uh, yeah. film is a film is another beast. Film is a beast yeah. that yeah. it to me to this day is still um, viable to learn. Yeah, and. It's not something that just for everyone. Uh, yeah, I think enough. from there, out of a thousand people, less than ten percent would be able to work with the film camera. Yeah, yeah. whereas I, I think it's nerve wracking to to know that if you're changing uh, um, a setting, yeah, setting, or you're changing the the, the the magazine, the magazine, like yeah, you know, you one little mistake and you know, you can cost a lot. A lot and, of money. And it's whereas in the digital world is like ninety percent will make it out of a yeah, thousand. Yeah. You know, and the one the ten percent I did is because Yeah, you didn't you didn't try hard enough. You didn't try hard enough. Or, or at all. <laughs> or your name is Danny. You know, whatever. <laughs> Good thing we're not talking about we're not saying his last name because he's yeah, but he knows. Oh, he yeah, knows. He knows it's him. Um, um and I think that's what made it easier for, for me to become to come into this world and and learn different things and learn more uh, where other people but it's also a bad thing and that's what I was trying to get at because once you skip certain avenues of coming into the camera world which is the lowest of the lowest t- um, in the totem pole which would be a camera PA yeah you know and then from camera PA you could be you become a second or a data manager one of those they call unquote hand in hand but yeah. the second AC is always gonna be over the data manager and then a first, and then a DP operator, and then maybe a DP. You know, I think because we live in a digital age, many people just tend to skip the bottom and just try to go for a first AC. Yeah, but, absolutely. I, I think I mean, that's kind of the route that I took, not on purpose. Um, yeah. I really didn't know the um, structure. The structure. Quote unquote. Yeah. And I mean, we did learn it in, in school and stuff like that, but I didn't really, uh, unless I see it done and, you know, I didn't know the structure and, so I didn't take the camera PA, you know. I, I was offered once to work on, on a big show here in Miami as a PA, but it wasn't a camera PA, so I was like, no, I'm too good for that, you know. And I thought that was probably one of the worst mistakes that I've that I've made, you know. It, it it really, you know, eliminates you, the possibilities of people that you can talk to. So it's... Agreed. Um, it, it's, I think it has more benefits than it doesn't, than starting off as a camera yeah. PA. Well, camera PA, if that's the world you want to go in. PA Correct. in general, if you don't know what you want to do, but you know you want to do production. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it just gives you the opportunity to explore uh, explore other avenues, but also learn in details what entitles to be these things, but also build your network. Because I, many people expect to leave film school or whatever and come into the world and already be on top. Correct. You know, But there's little things, little manners, little things that you should know already in place that kind of doesn't make you stick out like a sore thumb for instance and the car we have our camera cards and we have it nice well and organized but then when somebody needs tape in any department needs tape yeah they know hey to ask can we grab some tape 
while other people who are not brought up in the world, in the camera or in, in the production world, just go for it. Oh, yeah, they, they see what they need and they go. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that I learned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I was talking about. As I learned in the beginning, I was wrong. I didn't know. But it was also because I wasn't taught the proper way. You know? Correct. Now being, now I am in a union and I see how things are run differently. It's like a workhorse. A world old machine. It's just everyone is in sync. Everyone knows what's going on. Everyone else was doing. Everyone's at the safety meetings. Every we break, we break for lunch. No one gets left behind. Absolutely. But in the world of the Hispanic world, where things are just like, oh, I have a camera, I have a crew. Uh, let's just go film. It's yeah. It's just the it's the just get it done mentality. Exactly. It's, it's not it's not doing it the proper way. Um, yeah, I totally agree. And you know, I think that's something great. Like if there's any you know any listeners now that want to get into the industry um definitely take your take the, the proper route to get to where you want to go so you learn and and that goes for dps and you know operators and everybody and directors like learn learn departments that help you or or that you're going to be in yeah learn but it from I, the bottom and there's know? also um pay your dues absolutely you know absolutely. because i i mean there's people who are amazing operators and they could jump from second AC to an operator, you know, but that's a rare case. There's people who just don't just come up, who are just born with it, you know? Yeah. You, you got to learn these things so that when you're a first AC and you're, the, you're the, the, the department lead, you know exactly what to expect in certain jobs. Correct. You know, there's certain jobs and how you, there's certain ways you negotiate for certain jobs, you know, music videos, commercials, even, even broadcasts, you know? Um, here in Miami, I think I, I keep myself well well busy because I'm well rounded. Mm-hmm. But I also learn not to be jumping around. Because in the beginning I would do sound jobs. I would do some grip and lighting jobs. And also do camera jobs, you know, AC and stuff. Yeah. And as I've learned and I've grown and I've I've been able to um be respect receptive of other people's input, I realize okay, fine. If I want to be taken serious, I gotta stop doing certain jobs. Correct. You know, because it's hard to turn down a job in the beginning, a two three hundred dollar job in the beginning. But you're like, man, I need it. But then you're always gonna need it. When are you gonna be able to be like, no, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm gonna stick to. And I think it wasn't until I made that determination that I was like, I am no longer <laughs> doing um, sound jobs or anything other yeah, any yeah. other job other than camera jobs. Yeah, you know, and I for years I was doing second AC and data work, second AC data work, sometimes both on the same job on smaller jobs. And I was fine. I was there fine for years. And so I started getting offers for first, for first. And I was like, man, am I ready? And I was like, okay. Did a small job, started doing bigger and bigger jobs. And I was like, you know what? My last job, <laughs> I think I told you, my last job was a second AC. It was a Serena Williams commercial. Okay. It was, I've done a couple of those. Yeah, it was a big job. Yeah. It was union. It was a big job. And it was fun. But the problem is that I was... I was a second AC for two units. And that's where the problem was. You know, where one unit was here filming, the other unit was here filming. Yeah. And I had a, and I wanted to be the good AC, the second AC, and assist both. But I realized I couldn't. Yeah, you can't. There's, can't. there's no way of, of being able to to take batteries to A unit and they have to be at B unit with yeah. batteries. And you then slating here and slating yeah. there. Uh, and it's like, you know what? Uh, that, at that job, the first AC's. He raised his voice <laughs> to a DB that I, I did not appreciate several, <laughs> several times. The first time I was like, you know, when you're caught in a deer's caught in headlights, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. What? Well, I'm sorry. I apologize. Let me try to fix it. But when it happened several times, I was like, wait, no, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll admit it. Absolutely. But I was not in the wrongdoing. I was assisting the other unit while this unit was supposedly down. And now you're screaming at me because you're not ready when they didn't even call for us and back and it was it, that that day. It was a turning point. I was like, I made a decision. I am no longer accepting second AC jobs. Yeah, no, and it's also, I mean, first ACs as you know, us we're first ACs. We should know that hey, if, if we're undermanned, you know, the the last thing you should be doing is raising your voice at someone that's trying to help you out. You know, he, yeah. he, you're trying to do two jobs, and you know, it's not fair to anyone. So that's that's definitely one thing to know, um, as an AC and as the etiquette. You know, hey, you gotta you. Respect the crew that's 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 really making you making your job easier, you know, and that's that's a tough part. 
But I think in a long way it goes a lot for the first AC to understand that you were once a camera PA too. And I think that's why uh, one of the key things that if you take away from anything, you know, pay your dues. So that when you get to where you want to get to in life, you understand that by you getting to the mountaintop, you got to remember how you got there. It wasn't on your, on your efforts alone, but because of other people's help Correct. and other people's guidance. And I think that sometimes certain first ACs forget you were green too one yeah. day. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's a sense in the Hispanic world, and this is why I, I bring it up, is because it was a sense of um, protection. Not protection. of um, I don't want to teach you because then you take work from me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a lot. The old mentality yes. is, is very strong in that. So when I when I made a shift in careers and started working with a whole different culture of production, it was you're doing that wrong. Let me teach you how to do it right. Yeah, and I think that's that was a whole different mindset and what what changed for me, you know, because before it was like people would come, hey, I want to become a second. Hey, I want to become a second. Yeah, I want to do data work, and I would be like hesitant, like. Uh, we're cool and we're friends, but I don't want to teach you because then you're gonna take work from me. So I totally understand that. But that now, fear, but... but now how I see it is as there's gonna be a day where I can't do a job for X, Y, and Z yeah. reason, and I'm gonna need you to cover me, or for the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know how many calls I got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Bowl Miami was. I mean, now in 2020 was, it was crazy. crazy, crazy, and it was great that I was able to send work towards other people. Yeah. Who, oh man, thank you, thank you. And I didn't even do nothing, but made the connection. Hey, you call this person. This person knows what they're doing. They know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You wanna you wanna know that you whoever you're recommending exactly you know, isn't gonna mess up the job royally and yeah you know and, the and name you should you never you should give anyone is Danny. Danny. When, yeah, if you hear Danny, you should just run. Yes. <laughs> Make your next call. <laughs> um, All right. Well, I guess at that at that point, unless you have something else to say. Um, Wait, just to be clear, is not Danny the DIT? That guy is no, amazing. Yeah, We're talking about the Danny the second AC. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you got to think about it. We're kind of the ones that trained him. So, oh. well, it's not our fault. He didn't. Learn. He, he, didn't he didn't pick didn't it up. Yeah, yeah, that's his fault. Well, guys, I think that's it for us. Thank you for listening to the Camera Department Podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe, and we hope to have a new episode every couple of weeks. If you want to continue the conversation, head over to our Instagram at the Camera Department Podcast. If you would like to be part of our podcast, please make sure to send us an email to info at the camera department podcast.com or send us a message on our Instagram. Yeah.